0: Welcome to BLHQ. I'm Stella Chu. And I'm Jenny Belly. This is our weekly podcast breaking down the Don May web novel, Heaven Official's Blessing, written by MXTX. We deep dive a few chapters at a time discussing themes, cultural backgrounds, and our overall reactions. Spoilers abound and screaming will be had, so you have been warned. (laughs)
1: <laughs> a little recap of last week, Xie Liang and Xi Qingshuan travel into the ghost city and end up at the gambling house. There, they witness a human man betting his daughter's life in order to kill his enemies, unable to stand for this injustice. Uh, their other partner, the god Lan Qingchou, interferes with the game and gets himself caught by the lord of the ghost city, who is Hua Tin. Xie Liang offers to win. Lanting chose freedom in a game of dice. There's a lot of dice cup flirting, and it, oh my god! If you listen so to last week's flirting. episode, we're just like squealing the whole time. Oh god!
0: Yeah, yeah, Xie yeah. Liang eventually wins,
1: and the three gods leave to figure out a plan. As they're talking, they suddenly hear a desperate scream.
0: Yes, so it was a bit of a cliffhanger last episode, but uh, we are starting this episode with chapter thirty-nine. At Paradise Manor, questions for Sean Leigh. So the three gods rush out of the alley that they were hiding in after hearing that scream, um, where they witness a group of ghosts crowding in a circle, yelling things like, beat him to death, and whatever food this brat stole, I'm gonna dig it from his body. Uh, Shailion runs to the group and tries to shove all those ghosts away. Um, and they see that the person getting beat in the middle of the group is this young bandage boy. Remember the bandage boy mm-hmm. from the ghost groom yeah. case? He's that. From like book one, like first arc. Yeah. But he's here. Apparently, he's been hiding away in the ghost realm. Um, No wonder that Ling Wen's people couldn't find him in the heavens because uh, if you're hiding in the ghost realm, heaven can't... They don't have that much reach Mm -hmm. into the ghost realm. So uh, Ling Wen was apparently only looking in the mortal realm and that's why she couldn't find him. Lan Chan Cho sees that... This poor kid is getting bullied mm-hmm. and you know, he's very righteous and a defender of the weak. So he gets really mad and starts fighting the ghost right away. Uh Xie Qingxuan is exasperated and was is all like, You promised you wouldn't be impulsive. I'm never going to go on cases with you ever again. But he also feels bad and he jumps in and starts fighting the ghost too. Uh Shellyon goes to the little boy and helps the boy up. However, the little boy recognizes Shelian and remembers that he was uh like got a goat like a bad reaction when he saw him without his band-aids so he gets scared and runs away ghost tried to pull xie Lian into the fight but xie Lian is worried that he's going to lose the boy again after he finally found him so he tells the other two gods let's split up and meet back in three days and he uses Royer, his spiritual weapon to like push the ghosts away towards xi Qing shuan and lan chan chu and he just runs away after the boy just abandon them.
1: Like three days is oddly yeah. specific. Like, i you'd think that everything would, he would be like, "Oh, I'll meet you up, meet up with you in thirty minutes or something." But yeah, no, like he's later like, on, uh, three no, no. days by. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "I no, I'm here for uh, one thing and one thing only."
0: <laughs> yeah, he literally abandoned them. Like he just ran away. <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah. So, unfortunately, Xiaoyan loses the boy in the crowd and accidentally knocks over a bunch of stalls as he's running because he's so unlucky. And the mm-hmm. ghosts are very angry and grab him, uh, saying things like, Let's teach this pretty boy a lesson. How dare <laughs> he make trouble in a ghost city? Things are about to get heated when suddenly the crowd parts to form a path in the middle, and Xiaoyan looks up to see a tall, thin figure in black, saying, Cease this at once. Release him. And the figure has a ghost mask over his face and it, it, the ghost mask depicts like a bitter, helpless smile. The ghosts recognize him as the Waning Moon Officer and let Xi go. Xi realizes this person is important, uh, you know, because everyone is kind of being really uh, respectful towards him. Mm-hmm. The Waning Moon Officer approaches Xie Lian and says, Our city lord has invited you to Paradise Manor. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Everyone gasps because the Paradise Manor is Watson's uh, private nest, and he doesn't let anyone in.
0: Oh my gosh! Wow. <laughs> uh, so Leon, uh decides to follow the Waning Moon Officer, and no one dares to like touch him or follow after him. Shaleon notes that while they're walking, the Waning Moon Officer seems to like be very good at blending into the darkness, and he doesn't very he doesn't speak very much. Um, he also notices that on his wrist he sees a curse mark Mm. um and this is uh, the same curse mark that he has the one that signifies that it's a banished god so when xialion sees this he's like shocked like what there's another banished god in front of him but he couldn't say anything because he doesn't know what to say they eventually arrive at a large building by a lake that has the words paradise manor scribbled on top and it's important to note that like uh, important buildings in China have like this placard in the front of the mm-hmm. building that has the name and all the important buildings have like titles and so this is this t- this building's title is Paradise Manor um, inside the building Shen Lian can hear exotic music and singing and women's voices giggling he's he's invited inside where he goes through this beaded curtain to a large entrance hall. And in the entrance hall, there's like a thick animal rug from a a big slain beast. There's beautiful (laughs) women dancing around in gauzy silk and barefoot and they're singing. And as they're dancing, they dance past Xie and send playful gazes his way. But he just completely ignores all of them because he only has eyes for one thing. And that is Hua Cheng sitting at the end of the hall on this like Giant diet. So not going
1: to lie, I just
0: imagined
1: like a Las Vegas, like <laughs> really just trashy, yeah. but over the top, like hotel room with like oh my skin everywhere. Because like when you said that there's just like this giant animal skin on the ground and there's curtains yeah. everywhere. I'm like, yeah, this feels really sleazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think the intention was like the 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 author was writing that it's like, this the the rug is like so big it's like an impressive beast mm-hmm. and it was so it's like it's like obviously from one animal yeah. instead of like multiple animals sewn together so it was like whoever slain this beast is like very very powerful well
1: also like right now Watson's sitting on a large daven uh, Davin made of black jade capable of seating 10 yeah. people yeah I'm still imagining yeah. like a sleazy Las yeah. Vegas suite <laughs> from the 70s
0: oh no i have like a total (laughs) different mental image it's sort of like i'm thinking like there's like smoke in the air and it's Mm. everyone's like sexy and like kind Mm. of like there's like all this silk and everyone's Mm. like half naked and there's like it's like an orgy theme okay yeah
1: and uh yeah is Watson's like shirt like partly open showing his chest (laughs) right right
0: 70s sleazy oh my god (laughs) okay 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 i don't know if you saw that fan art um star ember Mm. Of the, where where Shellyan's re- re- wearing like this like white silky outfit, yeah, and he's like straddling Hua Cheng, and which it is looks like the like, best art that Star Embers ever done. Yeah, it looks Ooh. like Arabian Nights kind of. Yes. That's that was the image gotcha. I had. Okay, the yeah, yeah,
1: that's That's a very yeah, nice yeah, image. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is Any, so yeah. corrupt.
0: <laughs> Yours is totally different from me. <laughs> All right. yeah.
1: So Watson's laying on the daven, which is basically like a giant couch, but it's made out of stones, black jade, and there's countless beautiful ghost women dancing and seeing to him. But Watson doesn't even spare them a glance because he's only kind of looking, um, and like bored in front of him. And this is like uh, he's also playing with a small golden palace, which is the same thing as playing with a house of cards. But instead of cards, it's these gold foil sheets like they're just gold cards and they're like solid gold cards mm-hmm. for, for it's basically money. Yeah. And he's just like stacking them and creating a card yeah. tower. <laughs> it's a game for wealthy children to play with and they stack it in the shape of a palace. Um, And Shailan sees the Golden Palace and remembers that he frequently played this as a child back when he was the crown prince of Shanle. He loved building up the palace, but he hated taking it apart. He refused to let any servants take down his creations and he even wished he could glue them together so they remained there permanently. (laughs) If his buildings ever collapsed, he would get so upset he wouldn't like eat or sleep because it's like his favorite game apparently.
0: I love how they kind of snuck this in there because this entire time, Shailan's personality is like unassuming and like kind but this is shows like when he was young he was like Mm -hmm. a complete brat like he would get mad at his servants and he refused to eat and he threw a temper tantrum (laughs) like oh my god come on (laughs) ha golden tower is stacked with at least a hundred gold foil sheets and it looks very fragile and precarious so shen watching him build this tower and anxiously thinking to himself don't collapse don't collapse don't collapse but ha just gives a tiny little smile as he looks at his tower stretches out his finger and lightly taps on the palace, making the entire thing collapse in on itself. (laughs) Um, The gold foil sheets are scattered everywhere, but Hua Chung actually looks a little cheerful, like the joy of a small child to push over his building blocks to watch it topple spectacularly. Uh, So you can see that Hua Cheng and Xie Lian have very different outlooks on life, judging by how they treat their things. And Hua Cheng just rises from his divan and and the women immediately withdraw to the side and quiet down. Hua
1: Tan nonchalantly walks over to the golden scraps as he approaches Xie Lian. He says, Guga, why do you not enter? Could it be that you no longer recognize Sanlong after leaving a few days? <laughs> Shilan replies, Wasn't it Sanlong that pretended not to know me at the gambling house? This are just all oh, they're flirting. Huatsun <laughs> oh, oh. oh replies, Lan Cho was there, and I feared that if I didn't pretend, I would cause Gaga some trouble. Then Shaylan realizes Huatsun already knows that the heavenly officials are in the city, so he decides to be honest and tells him, Sanlong is as astute as usual. <laughs> <laughs> Watson smiles and asks, did Gaga come to pay me a visit? And Sheila doesn't know how to reply, but Watson says, whether or, not you're, whether or not your purpose was to visit me, I'm still happy that you came. All of the women oh. are giggling on the sides and like, yeah, that's what we're Yes, doing. we're also giggling. Oh, so cute. Watson then weighs them away so that they're the only two people left in the large hall. Xie Liang and Hua Chen go to sit down when Xie Lan asks, this is your true appearance, right? And Hua Chen
0: freezes. I oh, know. Bad reaction. Mm. <laughs> that brings us to chapter 40. Xie Lian sees that Hua Cheng's shoulders have gotten stiff for a second, uh, but then Hua Cheng replies, I did say that I will use my true form the next time that we meet. Xie Lian smiles and says sincerely that, you know, the appearance is not bad. Hua Cheng relaxes after hearing the words. Mm-hmm. He was really nervous about his opinion. Uh, Xie Lian then pulls out his silver chain with that ring. Mm-hmm. Remember when he woke up? He just like woke up with a ring around his neck, and he asks him, did you leave this <sighs> behind? And Chen Ho- Ho- glances at the uh. ring and says, oh, it's just a gift. It's nothing precious. Just a trinket. Wear it if it pleases you. What the fuck? to be notchewed. Oh, nonchal- my God. I know he's just like whatever. You can keep it if you want. I don't care if you throw it away. <laughs> Despite his words, Shelian thinks that this is something truly precious. So he's like, "Thank you," and puts it back inside his robes. Hwachung watches him put it away with a flicker of light in his eye.
1: Mm-hmm. So Shelian oh looks. Gosh.
0: <laughs> I know it's so cute. Ah, I know, dude. Okay,
1: so <laughs> if you know the
0: true meaning of this ring, you guys will be uh, screaming with also, us. Also,
1: like, I love how a lot of these fictions will do things like this, where it's it's kind of taking. Mm, modern love language and then kind of transforming mm-hmm. it into something a little more subtle. Yes. then yeah. yes. Yes. <laughs> looks around the hall and admits, when you said you were going to Paradise Manor, I thought it was going to be a brothel, but this kind of looks more like an <laughs> entertainment hall. And Watson lifts his brow and says, what does Gaga mean? I would never enter a brothel. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, like, you know, Watson yeah. and Shielan are 800-year-old virgins, you know, just, just so you guys know. They're, they're
0: just virgins.
1: They're just, <laughs> yep. <laughs> they, they're cells for each oh other. Oh, my God. They only have one love. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Watson says, this is one of my residences. I decorated it for fun. If I have time, I come here to laze around a bit. If I'm busy, I won't bother with it. Shielan says, so this is your home? but Watson corrects him. Residence, not a home. A home is where family is. A place where one person stays alone is not a home. Oh. Xie Lian feels moved by these words from this definition. He has not had a home in over 800 years and he feels that Watson and he might have some sort of like similar loneliness.
0: Oh, oh my gosh. It's a, it's a good line. That's a good line. <laughs> yeah Hua Cheng adds that a home even one as small as Pucci Shrine would be a thousand times better than my paradise manor Shen smiles and says even so comparing this place with my Pucci Shrine is really embarrassing for me Uh, Hua Cheng chuckles and says what's there to be embarrassed of Guga Pucci Shrine may be small but I feel more at ease there than here it feels more like home. Oh my God. He's like literally calling just because Shaleon <laughs> is there. It's automatically <laughs> considered a home. Oh my gosh. So cute. So cute.
1: Because, wait, wait. But he's saying home because he also thinks of him as family.
0: Yes. You <laughs> already fucking gave him a ring. Come on. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my, God. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> Shellyon responds warmly. Is that so? Then drop by anytime you wish and make yourself at home. Oh the doors my of God. my shrine will always be open to you. Ah! Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my goodness. And Hua Cheng says... Guga, remember your words. I'll be sure to take you up on your offer. So don't complain if I'm being a pest in the future. And Xia says, I would never. Oh my God. Oh my they're, God. Just, they're flirting so much. They're
1: flirting so hard. Yes. I love that you put like their full conversation here. Yes, it's this like, conversation like, is important. <laughs> like you can't even describe how they're no. flirting. You can just be like, oh yeah, they're flirting about like, you know, uh, being family and being uh, together. The
0: way that Hua Cheng speaks to Xia is so specific. Like, yes. it's just, it's the way he speaks is just so lovely. And I know. He, it just, it's just so full of consideration <sighs> and respect and love. Like, oh, my God. oh yeah. come on. I love Yeah, it. he
1: dodges a lot, though. Oh, he, he can does. tell. He's always yes. dodging. Yes, he is because he thinks that's cool a <laughs> lot of secrets <laughs> uh, then Xie remembers the bandaged boy he was chasing and asks Hua for a favor uh, he explains to him the whole situation with the boy and like the fact that Xie accidentally scared him away so if it's possible that Zhang Long could assist him in finding the boy again who is hiding out in the ghost city and Hua reassures him that yeah he can do that and then he says so what about Lan Qingqiu and so basically a favor for a favor. Shienang apologized for the trouble that Lan Chin Cho had caused at the gambling house, but Watson says not to worry. He won't ask Lan Chin Cho to compensate for things he broke as long as he never shows his face ever again in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> Shienang is concerned and asks, So Long, there are heavenly officials in your territory. Don't you care? But Huatan smiles and says, Guga, this ghost realm is denounced as an infernal place, but many people secretly wish for a chance to visit and explore here. Heavenly officials may put on airs and disdain it publicly, but if there's some illicit matter to handle, they will sneak in here to settle their errands. As long as they do not seek mischief, I will not bother myself with them. But if they start stirring trouble, I'll have to wipe them out.
0: <laughs> just He literally says wipe them out. Like, oh, no worries. Yeah. I can just wipe out a couple of gods. No worries.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it also goes to show that, like, Ghost City mm-hmm. is kind of lawless. Like, he doesn't really stop anyone from doing anything unless they're actually causing yeah. trouble. So it's hard for anyone to be a threat yes. to him.
0: And also it shows that the gods are literally, like, publicly saying, ugh, ghost, gross. But they're literally in Ghost City to, like, do illicit mm-hmm. things, too. So that's very hypocritical. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Lian promises that Lan Chan Cho will not cause any more trouble. Um, he just couldn't hold himself back after witnessing the gambling scene and, like, how that father was willing to bet his daughter's life. Hua Cheng says that Lan chan chose arrogant and inexperienced. Shen Lian asks about the gambling house and, like, what if something very dangerous happens one day, what would you do? Gambling with women or children's lives are at stake and wishing for the death of others is a sin. Like, are you okay with all that? What if someone gambles something so outrageous that the heavens can't ignore it? Hua Cheng says, Lan Cho interfered because he was worried no one else would. But I am precisely the opposite situation. If I don't take control of this place, someone worse may come along to do it. It's better that I am the one in charge. So he's kind of implying that uh, Hua Cheng kind of lets the small thing slide so that something like so tremendously bad that the heavens have to interfere don't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's living in this kind of gray area where like these tiny sins are okay as long as major sins aren't happening. He's
1: like, I'm the lesser mm-hmm. of two
0: evils. <laughs> basically. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Lian notes that Hua Cheng values power and control more than Xie Lian first expected. At that moment, Waning Moon
1: officer enters the room and says, My lord, I found him. And he brings the small bandaged boy to Hua Like That happens so, so fast, fast. Literally so like fast. five minutes. And yeah. Xiaolian goes to the boy and reassures him, Don't be frightened. Last time was my fault. I, I won't do it again. And the mm-hmm. boy's eyes dart around the room, and Xie Lian sees him looking at a plateful full of Shailan sees him looking at a plate full of fruit Shailan looks to Hwaten for permission but Hwaten says do as you please no need to seek my approval and Shailan offers the food to the boy who eats it like he's starving which is like weird because like ghosts are they still hungry? Mm -hmm. they still need to eat yes they do okay yeah yeah yes, that's why yeah. there's like vendors and stuff in Go city okay
0: yeah 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 <laughs> and Chiena
1: tries to ask him his name but the boy is only able to make grunting sounds Watson observes that he might not have spoken to anyone for many years and can't speak well anymore
0: yeah, even when that friend, the girl that died, when she died, like he couldn't make any noises, he was just kind of screaming. Oh, so yeah. He hasn't spoken to like anybody. <laughs> yeah, mm. for like years. Mm. After he eats, Shailion offers to clean his face because uh, he got beaten up by those ghosts earlier. But the boy is afraid from the last time that Shailion saw his face. Chalion manages to calm him down and slowly removes the bandages. Chalion observes that there are red patches of damaged flesh on his face, so it looks like the boy used a knife to cut his skin off since the last time that he saw him because before it was just bird marks and now there's literally like pieces of flesh missing, which is really disgusting. Chalion's hands are shaking as he applies medicine on the boy's face and watching offers to help, but Chalion shakes his head and says, "No need, I'll do it myself." So
1: 800 years ago at Chandla, people infected with the human face disease also resorted to the same thing and would cut off their own skin to remove the tiny faces. Oh. And sometimes they would cut too much and end up like bleeding to death. And some were able to cut the human's faces off, but the wounds will like never heal. Shailan finishes treating the boy and rewraps clean bandages. Now that he's more cleaned up, Shailan notices that the boy has a straight, handsome nose and clear dark eyes, but his face is too permanently disfigured from the burns oh, and cuts he gave kid. himself.
0: Shen asks him if he's from Shanla, but the boy shakes his head and says he's from Yoman. Mm. And then Xia trembles as he asks, did you see the White Cloth Calamity? And remember, the White Cloth Calamity he is one of the four great calamity mm-hmm. ghosts. His other names are the White Calamity, Bai Wushang, and White No-Face. So you might hear us say like different iterations of the name. But if you hear White Cloth Calamity or like White No-Face, that's what we're talking about. Before Crimson Raid sought flower, the white cloth calamity was the number one nightmare for the heavens. He was the source of the human face disease and the harbinger of tragedy and ruin until one day Jinwood personally destroyed him. He's always seen wearing white mourning robes with wide sleeves and a mask that has half crying and half laughing face on it. So kind of like imagine the the greek um, tragedy comedy Mm -hmm. mask like he always has that mask on
1: yeah and i've seen these masks on aliexpress and i'm like so tempted
0: (laughs) you should cosplay it'd be such an easy cosplay Uh, he's literally wearing white robes oh and also yeah so in during funerals this is pretty common in like asian cultures but like you always wear white for funerals Mm -hmm. yeah the opposite of western which is to wear black yes black yeah so he's wearing basically wearing funeral outfit and like a Creepy Greek tragedy comedy mask. Mm. Weird. Yes.
1: The author writes, during the last battle, uh, Xie Lian stood atop the Shen city gates, face coated with ash and tears, staring with empty eyes. Through his blurred vision, the only thing that stood out was the figure of a white man standing outside the walls among the corpses. The white ghost had looked at Xie Lian and waved. His mask of joy and sorrow had been Xie Lian's unrelenting nightmare for hundreds of years. And they also show this scene oh in the anime if you wanted yeah. to kind of like see and how he like reacted to it
0: yeah yeah. like this is like literally his source of trauma Mm -hmm. and ptsd like it's fucked up so that brings us to chapter 41 so when he asked the bandage boy about the white cloth calamity the bandage boy doesn't seem to know what that is but he shouts an alarm because shaleon has been unconsciously gripping the boy's shoulders too (laughs) tightly from like stress (laughs)
1: he's just like always hurting this poor boy
0: first he like Freaks him out and makes him run away, and now he's like fucking squeezing his shoulder to with a death grip. Yeah, what the hell? Oh my god, poor poor kid. on hurries to apologize, and Hua Cheng tells the boy to go back and rest. Um, two dainty girls come to take the boy away through a small side door at the hall. Hua Cheng turns to Shaleon and says, Sit down and relax. Don't see him for now. If you have any questions, I have way surprise lips. Hua cool. Cheng is literally <laughs> like, going to, like, interrogation tactics to get answers because Shaleon wants, like, to ask. Like, that's that's too extreme. Hot like let calm down. Shaleon says, no, it's okay, and the boy can take his time to talk. Yeah, yeah, that's probably better. Watson yeah. offers to take
1: the boy under his protection since the boy is a ghost, and Watson can ensure his safety and that he won't go hungry. But Shannon wants to keep the boy with him and, like, help him relearn how to speak and give him therapy. He doesn't think it's possible for For him to like get any kind of like good treatment in the ghost city because it's like too chaotic and Shailan tells Watson I'm grateful you found him I I can't trouble you any further but Watson replies it's really no trouble when you're here let me know if you need anything and you're free to go wherever you want
0: Ah. Oh, he's just like Ah. giving him free reign of the entire city like whatever (laughs) suddenly Shailan noticed the scimitar on Hua Cheng's waist has moved and he looks down curiously he sees that on the hilt of the scimitar, there is an eyeball made out of silver before the eye was closed. But right now the eye is open and it has a red pupil inside the silver eye socket and it's rolling around in the eye. Mm. And it looks to him that it's some sort of like alarm or signal. Hua Cheng sees the movement too and tells Xiaoyuan solemnly, "Gugu, I need to leave for a bit, but I'll be right back. Xie Lian wants to come with him in case it's one of the other gods like setting off the alarm. But Hua Cheng tells him, no, it's it's not the heavenly officials. It's just some useless trash that shows up every other month. You don't have to go. So, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting here that Xie Lian is about to ask Hua Cheng if it's the gods. But Hua Cheng already can read his mind and like say like Mm. help him calm his worries without even saying his worries out loud so that's yeah
1: and uh useless trash he only really uses that word for one person one
0: specific person
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Chae Lan decides to listen to Hua and stay and watches Hua leave through a beaded curtain that opens and closes for him automatically. Chae Lan sits on the black jade Davin and he's thinking about the like bandage boy. He feels more and more worried that he left him alone since the boy seems so traumatized. So he decides to go and try and find him. As he tries to walk to the side door that the girls um, had, like, taken the boy through, he finds himself in a small garden the color of vermilion. Vermilion being, like, bright red.
0: Yes, everything is red.
1: Yeah. As he thinks about where to go, a black shadow flashes by, and it's the waning moon officer sneaking and he doesn't seem to have noticed Xie Lan, so Xie Lan decides to follow him quietly. Why are you doing this, Xia You're, like, in <laughs> somebody else's house. You, why are you being sus?
0: Hwa Chen gave him free reign to go
1: anywhere he wants. Yeah, what the hell? He thinks that it's suspicious that the officer is sneaking around the manor. So, like, what's he up to? But, like, Xie Lan, it's his place. Like, why are you following him? Anyway.
0: Well, they did explain that, like, it's weird that the waning moon officer is sneaking around when he's supposed to be, like, an employee like a worker there so like he should be walking around confidently so but he's like sneaking around just like on purpose so he's suspicious that the guy is being suspicious <laughs> uh Shaleon ends up following him through like a maze of hallways but he's staying within 50 steps and holding his breath they eventually get to a long hallway where at the end there is a large beautifully decorated door there is nowhere else to hide in this hallway. So when the Waning Moon officer stops to turn around, Shailion sends out his bandage weapon, Roye, to the ceiling and pulls himself up to the wooden ceiling beam, mm-hmm. like Spider-Man. <laughs> He's like upside down. Uh, from the ceiling, he sees the officer go to the door, which has a statue of a beautiful woman holding a round plate in her hands. Like, and the statue is kind of like embedded mm. into the door. The Waning Moon officer tosses a pair of dice into the bowl and he sees that he gets two sixes, and he picks up the dice and goes through the door.
1: After waiting a moment, Shinon lowers himself from the ceiling and examines the door. He tries to open it, but inside is just a small table and two chairs, and there's no one. So he closes the door and looks at the bowl and realizes that it's probably a magical lock. And to open it, you need the key or password. It's probably the dice. Rolling two sixes um, is probably the key to be able to open it. However, Shenan is super unlucky, so there's no (laughs) way that he's going to roll two sixes. As he paces in front of the door to think of what to do, he sees Hua entering the hallway. He says, Guga, I've been looking for you. And Shenan notices that the uh, eye of the scimitar is closed. He replies back with, uh, I, was, I was trying to find the child, but your house is too big, so I got lost. And he feels <laughs> bad for lying, but he remembers that he's here to investigate the missing god who set the flare for help. Like, he has a job to do. And mm-hmm. he thinks that the waiting Moon officer seemed a little suspicious. He's not sure if Watson is involved, so he's trying to just play it cool. Watson uh-huh. says, if you want to see the boy, I can send someone to bring him. You only need to wait at the main hall. But like you just said, okay. I could go anywhere I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: I wanted to go find the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Sorry. I got lost. Leon <laughs> asks him if he's finished with his earlier business, and Hua Cheng snorts and says disdainfully, "It's finished. Just another band of useless trash, embarrassing themselves." And Leon thinks that the tone he said the word "useless trash" sounds familiar, and he's guessing was it the Green Ghost. And Hua Cheng smiles and says, "That's right." Chirong wanted ghost city for himself for years, but all he can do is want and burn with envy. So every so often he sends his useless underlings to stir up trouble. It's not worth mentioning. Actually, I have a place I want to show Gugu, but I don't know if Gugu would grant me the pleasure. And Shailayan replies happily, of course. And I just, I love the way they talk to each other. <laughs>
1: Watson leads Shailan <laughs> to another large hall whose doors are made of steel with violent beasts carved onto them. They automatically open for Watson, and Shailan feels a blast of killing intent. Shailan tenses up, but inside he sees that it's actually an armory. All four walls are covered with hung up weapons of all kinds. So it's, it's just a giant room filled with weapons. And Shailan yes. is super excited and immediately walks in. His blood is boiling with excitement. His eyes are wide. His face Face is lit and he feels like he's in heaven because for xie lan he, he's, he's a, like
0: he's a weapon otaku
1: yeah he's a weapon otaku like he he really really likes he's swords obsessed. and yeah. um yeah like all this kind of stuff yeah, he's literally. like oh my god it's like if we like walked into a room filled with like anime figurines you know
0: um the last time he was this mm-hmm. excited was when he went to see jun woo's armory so you can, uh, yeah it, it kind yeah. of feels like watching's trying to like one-up somebody. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shaleon is literally so excited that he starts stuttering. May May I touch? (laughs) He's like, (laughs) shaky. Hua Cheng smiles and says, as you like. Xie instantly starts caressing each weapon like he's drunk. And he's like, these, all of these are masterpieces. This sword is splendid. It must be a sight to behold on the battlefield. This one too, and this saber. And Hua Cheng is watching from the door. (laughs) And Xie face is red with excitement. And uh, Hua Cheng asks him, what do you think, Gaga? And Shailion's still looking at the weapons and he says, What do I think? What? And Huaching says, Do you like it? And Shailion says, I do. And Huaching says, Do you really like it? And Shailion says, I really do. <laughs> and Hua Cheng says, Are any of these good enough for you? And Shailion says, Good, good, they're all good. And then Hotching says, well, originally I was thinking Gogo didn't have any useful weapons on hand. So if there's anything here that's good for you, you can pick something out for yourself. But since Gogo likes them all, I'll give them all to you. Oh my god, it's so cute. Oh he literally just... Oh my god, I You want it. the whole room, I'll give it to you. <laughs> I want. You want anything, I'll give everything to you.
1: He <laughs> 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 says, no, 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 no. There's no need. I, I like them, but I don't have to own them. I haven't used a sword in years. Just looking at them makes me happy. And I don't have anywhere to put them if you give them all to me. Watson says, that's easy to solve. I'll just give this entire armory to you. Oh my god. <laughs> Such a <simp. laughs> She then thinks he's joking and says, there's no way I can take away a whole room with me. And Watson says, oh, no need. I'll give you the building. Just come and visit when you're free. I'll just give you the building. No big Uh, deal. No
0: big deal. I'll just give you the whole fucking building.
1: (laughs) You want all of it at the Paradise Manor? And Shailang says, no, it's okay. An armory requires constant maintenance. I I don't want to see the weapons suffer. I used to have an armory like this, but it was burnt down. These weapons are precious and you have to cherish them, Sanlang. And Watson says, that's easy. (laughs) If I'm free, I'll help Gaga maintain it. Oh Shannon laughs and says he can't ask the lord of the ghost city to do chores but like that's all he oh, wants
0: okay. that's what uh, he wants he's just trying to yeah. give him everything like with the
1: like oh my god like, Shannon doesn't take it seriously he doesn't realize like Watson is extremely sincere
0: yeah I, no yeah, Shellyon's like, "Hi, oh, this is a funny joke." And watching's like, "I'm not joking." No, yeah, I'm not joking. I want to give everything to you. Just tell me what you <laughs> want. This whole fucking building, like you want all oh. these weapons here. It's yours now. You want a Gucci, you want, you want, you want everything. LV? I'll get it. Everything you want. A, you want a car? Mm. One of everything for you. Um, Shellyon remembers that Jinwoo had earlier warned him about the scimitar yiming um, and he said don't ever touch it and it was forged by a cruel sacrifice and a bloody will and remember the phrase cruel sacrifice and bloody will that's mm. going to come up later you guys he asks hua cheng about his scimitar and hua cheng laughs and says did someone tell you that my scimitar was forged by an evil ritual sacrificing live humans <laughs> and literally they did <laughs> he steps closer to xia and says look Guga, this is yiming and it's the scimitar that's been hanging on his waist this whole time. The scimitar opens its eyes and looks at Shelion And the the eye is smiling into a crescent shape.
1: Heed on Onto the next chapter. Borrowing the underpath, Nightcrawl in the Paradise Manor. She now bends down to greet the scimitar. Hello there. And the eye <laughs> begins to move around wildly excited. And Watson smiles and says, it likes you. If it didn't, it wouldn't even blink open. There are very few that Yiming actually likes. Shanahan feels warm and says, Oh, thank you. I like it too. Upon hearing this, Yiming starts blinking like crazy and like shaking. And Watson tells it, No. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. That's so funny. No. (laughs) Shanahan is confused. It's like, what? What? No. And Watson says, No again. But Yiming is like <laughs> shaking harder and looks like it wants to be freed from the scabbard. Oh Shannon asks what it wants and Watson says, it wants you to pet him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <The> fuck. <laughs> <Shen> <laughs> An grins and says, well, what's wrong with that? And starts petting the curve of like- the hilt.
0: He's petting sword. Literally, literally, like, touch
1: And the eye is turning into a full smile and is quivering and Shailon oh is the God. type of person where like most animals feel really comfortable around him so when he pets cats and dogs they like throw themselves at him but he's surprised that like a scimitar is also acting like this <laughs> like a puppy it seems like it's not a curse blade of misfortune it's more like just really cute and he immediately just like dismisses all of the rumors as trash in his head. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> yeah, like Fenxing and Mooqing would have been like, oh my god, don't touch that.
0: <laughs> oh, no, for sure, for sure. Uh, Hua Cheng and Xia end up talking for hours, discussing and critiquing various weapons. Um, it's also the first time in years, like literally like 800 years, that Xia able to have like a long conversation with another person and a, a, literally about a topic that he's super obsessed and passionate about. Mm. So this is really nice for him. Um Eventually, they leave the armory and Xie Lian holds Hua Cheng's hand in high spirits as they return to the main hall. Oh, my God. He's so comfortable. They're like holding hands like, Wee. oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Um The boy is brought back in and he's cleaned up. Xie Lian asks him if the boy wants to follow him and learn cultivation. The boy is shocked that someone is actually willing to take him in and teach him how to cultivate. Next to him, Hua Chen's eyes are narrowed, and he's looking at the boy with a cold look, like Mm -hmm. he's jealous or suspicious or something. It's really hard to tell. Xiaoyuan says if he doesn't remember his name, we can create a new one for him. And the boy says, Ying. And Xiaoyuan says, well, Yong'an's national surname is Long, so his name can be Long Ying.
1: There's a banquet that Hua Sun prepares for Xie Lian that can feed over like 10 people. <laughs> Women come in with jaded plates and refreshments of all sorts. Lang Ying feels too scared to eat, but Xie Lian pushes the plates towards him until he feels more comfortable. She Lian watches him and is reminded of another scene in his past where a boy whose face was also wrapped in bandages was kneeling on a floor with a plate of temple offerings, secretly eating them. Yeah. And if you guys see
0: the anime, there's a little bit of a flashback of this. <laughs> uh, yes. So good, so good. As they're eating, a woman in purple silk pours Shailion a glass of wine. But when Shailion drinks it and sees who poured it, he chokes and spits it out. <laughs> Lan Ying is startled, but Shailion is coughing and watching is gently patting his back. And he asks him, is the wine not to your liking? And Shailion hurriedly says, Oh, no, no, it's, it's just that my cu- cultivation forbids alcohol. Hodgkin apologizes for being inconsiderate and in making a good break his vow, but Xie Leon insists that he just forgot. It's not his fault. And this is like very obviously kind of suspicious because he literally drank wine earlier on in the book.
1: Yeah, and Shenan sneaks a glance to the wine pourer and watches her seductively sachet away towards the door. And it was the windmaster Shen Shinshuo. Oh my freaking God. (laughs) Shenan (laughs) is shocked that they have disguised themselves and like snuck in as a woman, and it looks like Watson hasn't even noticed. Instead, Watson says conversationally, I had always thought cultivation was simply for living a carefree life. If you must forbid this, then what's the point of that and she then replies it depends on the path you choose some sex don't mind earthly pleasures but my path always forbade alcohol and promiscuity alcohol can be overlooked once in a while but abstinence is absolute <laughs> upon hearing the word abstinence watson raises his eyebrow and looks either displeased or annoyed basically he's like uh,
0: <laughs> you know i just have to be a virgin forever and watson's like, what? like excuse me he said what say that again what <laughs> 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 they talk some more and the topic of gambling comes up. She says that Hua Qing's gambling skills are truly amazing, but Hacheng just chuckles and says, Oh, it's only good luck. She feels sad thinking about his own bad luck and asks, Is there really a technique to rolling dice? Haching smiles and says, There is a secret technique, but it's not something that's learned in a day. However, I know a faster way. I promise Gogo will succeed every round. He raises his right hand, which has a red string tied on his third finger, and he extends his hand to Chelion and says, "Give me your hand." Chelion does, and Hua Chen squeezes his hand and holds it for a little bit before he puts two dice in his palm. "Try now," he says. Chelion rolls the dice, and he gets two sixes. "What trick is this?" Hua Chen says. "I just let you some luck." Chelion is odd and says, "Wow! So you can borrow luck, like you can borrow spiritual power?" Hua Chen says. Of course. Next time Goga makes a bet, come see me. I'll lend you as much luck as you want, so your opponent will suffer such a loss so great that he will never return back in a hundred years. <laughs>
1: they test his luck a few more times, and as Xie Lan begins to feel tired, Huatun notices and has somebody take Langying to another room, and then personally escorts Xie Lan to the guest bedroom. Yeah. Once alone, Xie Lan feels guilty about tricking him to like snoop around in his house, and hopes that Huatun has nothing to do with the missing heavenly. Official, and once it's resolved, he can apologize to Watson. As he thinks this, he hears a voice from the outside of the doors calling him, "Your Highness." then opens the door and sees Xinxin Xuan still in her ghost lady disguise. And as soon as she steps inside, she rolls to the ground and transforms back into a man, saying, I can't breathe. Oh my God, I'm going to be choked to death by this thing. Xianan turns to see him ripping at the waist bindings and trying to tear the small dress off because he. Ch- transformed he's like slightly larger now and shelian's trying to cover his eyes in embarrassment
0: shelian <laughs> asks why did you sneak in weren't we going to meet in 3 days and shi ching shuan says uh, he heard from the streets that shelian was sent to the ghost king's lair and he got really worried and snuck in he's lamenting about like First, I had to get facials with ghost girls, and then I had to dress up like a girl to sneak in. And Shailion's thinking, but you look like you're having fun <laughs> doing all these things. <laughs> and Shailion asks, okay, where's Lan Cho? And Xi Qingxuan says he pulled rank on him and commanded him to stay put, uh, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. And then he says Shailion is lucky he got to eat and sleep, and the ghost king is keeping him company while Xing Qingxuan and Lan Cho are just miserable.
1: Xin Qin Shuan says, don't forget, we're still on a mission. And Xie Lan says, of course, I was preparing for the mission back at the Paradise Hall. And Qin Shuan <laughs> looks at him confused and says, what exactly did you prepare? I only remember you playing around with crimson rain and rolling dice. You guys weren't even playing properly. You were feeling each other's hands. What kind of play is that? <laughs> And <laughs> says, says, uh, don't make it sound so questionable. I, I found some clues and-, and I'll keep investigating. I just needed some luck and
0: now I have it. So they decide to make their way to the door that had the stature of the woman. Um, when they get there, Xie Leon tosses his dice and he gets two sixes. He's very relieved, but he also feels a bit guilty. Xin Xuan sees his face and pats his shoulder saying, well, we've come this far. Uh, but the crimson rain seems very sincere and treats you well. Actually, if I were you, I would have declined this mission lest I be a poor friend. Oh, which is like, wow, way to rub the salt in the wound. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Xie Lian shakes his head and thinks that Shi Qing doesn't really know Jun Wu very well. This mission is awkward for Shailion, and Jun Wu knows it since he knows that Xie Lian and San are friends. But he still requested Shailion to go through this mission. Um, and it's most likely because he believed that no one else could have done it. And Xie Lian was like going there as a necessity because only he could do it. Um, if that's the case, then Xia Lian has no choice but to go. Uh also, don't forget that the signal flare was set off seven days ago and Hua Cheng also left the shrine seven days ago. So that's very suspicious. Also, I love how Xinq Shuan is totally on Hua Cheng's side now and doesn't even see him as like an evil mm. like ghost king or whatever. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think yeah. Shin is the most level-headed person in the entire universe
0: for real <laughs> so. nice.
1: they open the door and see a long staircase going down into a dark abyss. Shin takes the lead with a palm torch. As they walk, Xiannan asks if there's any recent banished gods because the waning moon officer had a curse shackle on his wrist. Shin is surprised that the crimson rain is using a former god as a subordinate. How arrogant. Shaylan says, how is it arrogant? If a god is kicked out of heaven, they can go wherever they want, right? And Shuan says that there's actually a martial god of the West who was banished a few years ago, but there's no way he can have become a ghost officer. He came from an established background and had a good character. Before Shaylan could ask why he was banished, um, they ended up at the end of the stairs. There's a road about five people wide. So like uh, let's say that's like 15 feet wide mm-hmm. maybe uh, in front of the stairs after 200 steps they had found a stone
0: wall blocking the path so that brings us into chapter 43 xing Xing shuan feels around the wall but there's nothing to move it he sends a little bit of spiritual energy through the wall and he realizes that it's over 10 feet thick they look around the ground to see if there's any clues there are bricks on the floor the size of a door. The one that they're standing on top of actually has a drawing of a person throwing dice. Well, you know, <laughs> that seems very <laughs> obvious. Uh, they figure they have to roll the dice, but they don't know what is the correct number to roll. Xin Shuan says, well, why don't we just throw the dice and get a random number and see what happens? Xie Lian offers the dice to Xin Shuan, and Xin Shuan rolls a 2 and a 5. The picture on the floor magically changes to a long, thick insect. Xin Shuan says, what is that? And Xia Lian says, it looks like a worm or a leech. There are so many in the paddy fields. I've seen them a lot. And Qing Shuan wonders, what kind of life did you lead to see this kind of stuff? suddenly the brick door on the floor opens
1: up and they fall through. Of, of course something bad mm-hmm. was going to happen. And they land on muddy ground. Xin Jishuan ignites his palm torch and they see that they're in a muddy tunnel with muddy walls and that the door is gone. They follow the tunnel but it's short so they have to crouch and crawl tiresomely. It's humid and the mud is annoying and their steps are sinking and everything is gross. Oh. They even sometimes step on rotten animal carcasses and plant remains. Xan then looks unaffected but she, she just wants like super yeah. grossed out, of course. She just wants like a, such yeah. a flamboyant person. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly they hear a loud roaring noise and the tunnel shakes and they look at each other and they start to run in the opposite direction of the noise.
0: But as they're running, the noise is catching up to them. And on top of that, they hear a second loud noise coming in from the direction that they're running towards. Uh, so it looks like they're blocked on either side and the noises are getting closer and closer. And then they stop just as two humongous earthworms wiggle in on either side they are large and swollen and purple with translucent skin shelion remembers that worms are afraid of light and heat and shouts lord windmaster lend me some power and grow your palm light xichang shuan taps shelion with his left hand as he makes the flame on his hand brighter Lian also makes a fire palm, and the two of them use their fire to make the earthworms shrink back. However, the tunnel is narrow, and Shailion and Shuan are also feeling that they're being baked alive from the heat and the mud. The worms are blocking either side, and the oxygen is running low, and their powers are running out, and the fire is getting smaller.
1: Just then, Xie Lian feels something hard underneath his foot like a stone tile. He looks down and sees another door. He's worried he's going to get a bad roll and hands the dice to Xie again. Xie rolls three and four and they stand on the tile. The fire grows smaller as the worms get closer and the picture on the tiles changes to a forest with small little people dancing. Right as the worms open their mouths to strike, the door opens below them.
0: And then they fall painfully onto hard ground. Xie Lian is used to pain and doesn't make a sound, but Xie yells loudly. Xie Lian says, are you okay? And Xie Qingxuan, is, uh, Xie Qingxuan had landed upside down and says, I don't know if I'm okay. I've never fallen like this, your highness. There's way too much thrill working with you. <laughs> Poor Xie Qingxuan. He's just really going through it today. She Lian laughs and realizes they fell into a hole inside a tree. They crawl out and they see that they're in a forest deep in the mountains. Xie Lian says, hmm, the stone door must work like the distance shortening array. Shi Shuan says, Using that array just once requires immense spiritual power. To create all these doors, Crimson Rain is indeed powerful and no stranger to mind games. Xie Lian thinks that, actually, he just seems kind of mischievous. So everyone is like literally thinking watching is scary and powerful. And Xie Lian's like, nah, he's just a troublemaker.
1: <laughs> Suddenly, people in animal skins jump out of the bushes and surround them, jumping and howling. They have long spears and stone axes, and their teeth are sharp like saws. Shi Xuan and Xie Lan immediately start running. And I'm just imagining the cutest, funniest scene of them like running away uh-huh. from these like barbarians. Yeah, yeah. Xie chuan shouts, my brother always warned me deep in the southern mountains are savage cannibals. Is that what those are? Xie Lan is used to running and escaping and serenely responds, mm, it's very possible. Let's see if there's more stone doors
0: nearby. I, I love how Xie Chan is like lo- literally losing his shit and Xie Leon's just like super zen. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So gods aren't really supposed to use their powers on mortals. Like it's not really allowed, but the cannibals are throwing rocks at them. And one sharp rock grazes Xiching Shuan's cheek. This is absolutely unacceptable. So, and Xi Shuan feels his face and feels a scratch and sees red. He stops running and turns around and roars. You ignorant hillbilly savages. Not only did you not cower in fear before me, the Lord Windmaster, you dare ruin my face? And then he pulls out his fan and swishes it with force, and the cannibals are blown off the ground and smashed into trees. Lian takes a deep breath and thinks it's hard being a god in the three realms. No one has it easier.
1: Aww. Poor Shichengshuan. Shichengshuan huffs and says, "Your Highness, you saw it, right? They were asking for it. I wasn't using my powers to oppress." <laughs> and Shanglion says, oh, yeah, "I saw. Yes." Shichengshuan oh, no. touches his face again and mumbles. Even my brother wouldn't dare. <laughs> so vain.
0: Oh, vain, yeah.
1: They continue to look for the door, and Shailan thinks in Banue when he first met Windmaster, Shailan thought he was a powerful being with immeasurable depth. But here he is now in a torn and dirty purple <laughs> dress with messy hair. And Shailan now has a better understanding of his personality. Oh, man.
0: That's what happens when you become friends. You used to know them. No other, like, messy <laughs> sides. And how down-to-earth he actually yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love him more. Uh, eventually, they find another stone door. And Xi Qingxuan refuses to shake the dice again. Xie Lian says guiltily, maybe I brought your luck down. And Xi Qingxuan says, what are you saying? It's impossible for anyone to bring down the luck of me, the Lord Windmaster. Uh, remember mm-hmm. that later, you guys. But why don't you give it a try? Maybe there's still some lucky bard from your Sanlang. He says, your song <laughs> Shelly feels embarrassed hearing the phrase, your song long, but he tosses the dice and he actually gets two sixes. Yay. The picture of the door doesn't change and it creaks open. There's a long staircase going down into an abyss again. They walk down and the door closes behind them. After
1: 200 steps, there is no stone wall, so it seems to be a different path from before. Eventually, they stop when they start smelling blood and hearing the heavy breathing of a man. They don't move or speak, but the other seems to have sensed their presence because they call out in a cold voice, I have nothing to say. Upon hearing the voice, Shinji Xiong immediately lights a palm torch. Dun, 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 dun. dun.
0: <laughs> Who I love
1: is it. it? Who is it? And we're leaving you on that cliffhanger. <laughs> oh man,
0: so much happened.
1: So much happened. Oh man, so much has happened. And it's great, because like we get this really cute little slice of life yes. sort of at the beginning, and then we get a lot of plot. A lot of action.
0: A lot of running around and being chased.
1: It's really interesting how the the mm-hmm. like dice works and it's just introducing a new way of of like mm-hmm. I guess it's a puzzle slash mm-hmm. um, very, using the same idea of the shortened disshortening yes. array. Yeah it's
0: very like Scooby-Doo-esque like they find themselves like stuck in this like maze of a mansion with all these like trap doors and stuff and they're just like running from mm-hmm. one enemy to another. <laughs>
1: yeah I, I really yeah. liked when they introduced it as like a mechanic too because there's yes. there's not a lot of explanation about how different magic works and seeing this work was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just kind of, like, throw you into the middle of it and just, like, you kind of figure it out as you go along, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. And I love Shi Qingxuan's personality. Like, they really highlight his, what he cares about, his vanity and his, like, spoiledness. Like, it's just really, I just love his personality and his character so much. Yes. So so funny.
1: I love him. I can't wait for you to cosplay him. No,
0: I want to cosplay him so bad. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. 100%. So cute. Yeah.
1: Yes, such a good character, and I like the character design's really good too. So if you guys like look at the mm-hmm. images again, um, he's just so beautiful. He is so pretty, <laughs> and he has curly hair. I like his curly hair so a lot. Cute. They, they don't often give people curly hair, in these because like Chinese people don't often have curly hair. Oh
0: yeah, it's always like yeah. the long straight hair. It's always the only character that I like distinctly know has curly hair mm-hmm. is like Liu Bingha from scum villain but like everyone else has like straight long hair. yeah
1: and i love loving his uh curly hair i think it looks so good i on love him. this
0: whole design yes very <sighs> wild <laughs> okay so what's your off topic this week oh my gosh okay wait let me pull it up because i just read some <laughs> it's a fanfic <laughs> surprise <laughs> surprise <laughs> so this is called a haunting love uh by omegas m <laughs> Uh, It's not an Omegaverse story, but uh, so this is sort of like a modern cultivation story. So Lanjan, he's like a writer and he doesn't even realize that he comes from a family of cultivators. So he has cultivation energy, but he doesn't know about it. Um, He moves into like a quiet, like cottagey area so they can like focus on his writing uh, because modern times and he buys a little cottage in, in like along this like very like away from the city like just in the middle of the in the meadows and when he's there he runs into a ghost which is Wei Ying and apparently Wei Ying has been stuck in that house for like over hundreds of years and he only can see him because he has, like, that cultivation energy from his, like, family. It's sort of, like, a mystery, it's like, a mystery novel where they figure mm-hmm. out, like, why Wang is there, um, what happened to him, like, his, his, like, how'd he get murdered. And, like, Lan Zhan's literally looking at, like, newspaper clippings and, like, interviewing people to, like, figure out what happened to him. And it's, like, a really good, solid, like, mystery story with a little bit of smut at the end (laughs) but (laughs) but yeah it's it's really really good i really like
1: it oh nice uh i've been Mm -hmm. reading mistakenly saving the villain and it was i heard that's oh it's so good it came under recommendation from people on our like personal discord server yes
0: discord yeah yeah,
1: it is so good (laughs) it's so Mm -hmm. good and uh the premise of it is that a um a guy with like als from our world who was like a doctor like a medical student and did transmigrating into like a novel and the system tells Mm -hmm. him oh he has to go and save the protagonist and the protagonist show which show means bottom in chinese so he's go go find the bottom who who needs to be saved and so he goes into the world and tries to find the bottom Guy She's <laughs> gonna go tries to find mm-hmm. the bottom, but apparently picks the wrong one, and that's why the title is called "Mistakenly Saving the Villain." And the thing is, though, is that it's the relationship between the two is a yandere, and like the person who oh, I love yandere characters. Yeah, it's the, it's a yandere, and the person who supports the yandere like uh, 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 completely and absolutely. Like, like the yandere oh. is like, I want to kill everyone, and then the the the, yes, the other guy's like, Yeah, yeah. Well, how do you want me to make <laughs> that happen? You. I support you. So so yeah. much and that. never questions him and is always like yeah I will do whatever wow. you want like it's so well done oh my gosh the characters <laughs> actually the, the book actually focuses less on story and more on characters like mm-hmm. everything they That's do it. for like the first two books is just little cute things that the characters do like they are it's not like a case Aww. fic at all which I found very refreshing because
0: so this is all like character study and their relationship Versus, like, what's going on outside. Yeah,
1: because, like, there was so much, um, like, all these other stories I've been reading have been so mm-hmm. many case fix And, like, the case fix were s- extremely convoluted over the course of, like, hundreds of years and lots and lots of, like, military mm-hmm. things happening. But with this one, it was just, like, and these two people. We're just focusing on the relationship. <laughs> it's really good. It's really rough. And I just got to kind of, like, the the plot twist. Mm-hmm. And uh, ev- uh, my jaw dropped and I oh, while I was reading it. Amazing. Yeah yeah it's also really funny, too. That's
0: good. I definitely it's on my list. i might I might talk about my stupid second fanfic because it's really sad and I was like, yeah, okay. okay, so this is this is this one's kind of fucked up because it's like a not it's not a happy ending, and I really rarely read things that are not a happy ending, but like this one like got me really good. <laughs> um, this is modern Times, and it's set in like modern China where like a gay relationship is kind of like illegal. Um, so Wei Ying and Lanhan were in a relationship but their parents were like very disapproving. So they break up. But, like, as they get older throughout the years, they, like, find each other for hookups. But they are in separate relationships because, like, Lon John's family wants him to be married. So he has, like, mm. literally a wife and kids. Wei Ying is, never wants to settle down. So he has, like, a string of, like, girlfriends just to keep their family happy. But they, like, constantly meet um, over the years to, like, pretend that they're together. <sighs> and they're, like, basically cheating on their spouses or, like, their other relation, their female Partners, yeah, Bur- Back Mountain. To like, just so that they can be together, like secretly. And oh my god, it's just Aww. really, really sad. But it's like, man, this man, I fucking read. I was reading this today, and I was like, actually crying. And I was like, oh, this is awful. I fucking, I fucking hate it Aww. here. But it was, so, it was so well written. I was like, I have to keep reading. Uh, it was really good. It was really good. But oh my god, that. That ending was really bittersweet. Oh my
1: god! Okay, okay. Yeah, it's really fucked up. (laughs) Send it to me. You know I like to cry. It's it's it's. it's, I
0: literally like to cry. It's short, but it's really good. But there's it's a there's a lot. It's a not safe for work. (laughs) That kind of makes up for it a little (laughs) bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh whoa! Oh whoa! Oh whoa! yeah, well, guys, thank, thank you so much for listening. Um, we will be back again next yes. week. Sorry for uh, if oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm, I'm apologizing now. It's like way later. <laughs> episode six yeah. still hasn't published, and that's because how, of how busy we've mm-hmm. been with conventions. Mm-hmm. I literally had back to back to back conventions. So yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be good. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll come back yeah. soon. I'll post it. Where,
0: tomorrow. It's gonna happen. It'll, it'll be up. Don't worry, you guys. Sweats. It's a little late, but. But it doesn't matter by, by the time you hear this episode, it will have already been posted, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, we apologize. Yeah. And, and, and predatedly, predominantly. I don't know how that works, <sighs> but yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Thanks so much for listening, guys. Please follow us on Twitter and support us over on our Patreon where we have things like the uncut, the bottom show, um, and some other extras.
0: Yay. Thanks, guys, for listening. And remember, a residence is not a home. A home is where a family is. A place where one person stays alone is not a home. But we can be your home. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.